It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 239, entitled Where is Matt Medeiros? It was recorded on Monday the 30th of January 2023. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined this week by three, well, maybe four guests. I've got Kathy Zant, I've got Ben Gabler, halfway through we're joined by Mark Westgard and also kinder joined by Matt Medeiros. It's a WordPress podcast, so what do you expect us to talk about? WordPress, there's a few things happening in the community, particularly around communications and the tooling being used. Are we going to continue using Slack or should we move over to Matrix? And what about GitHub? Maybe that could be used for the community side of things. Awesome Motive have acquired Thrive Themes. Gutenberg 15.0 introduces some really rather helpful features. Yoast SEO has a complete update to their UI and it looks really rather stunning. We get into the pricing model of newsletter glue and how they've really radically shifted the way that their business is being structured. We also talk quite a lot about AI, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's flawless. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This episode of the WP Builds podcast is brought to you by GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with the hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more at go.me forward slash WP Builds. Hello there, hello there, hello there. How are you doing? It is episode number 239, WP Builds. We do this every Monday. It's called This Week in WordPress. If you uh, fancy sharing the show and joining in, that'd be really nice. Here's the URL for that. Go to wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Stick that in your Twitter or whatever you're using these days. We'll get on to that a bit later. Um, but yeah, it'd be a really, really appreciate it if you wanted to share it. And as always, if you want to make some comments, if you go to that page, you'll need to be logged into Google somehow or other because it's YouTube comments. On the other hand, if you're in our Facebook group or you're looking at our Facebook page, there's a slightly different process. Obviously, you're already logged into Facebook, as you would be, but you can't identify yourself. You have to click a little link, which will be embedded at the top. And uh, just for the sake of it, it's chat.restream.io forward slash FB. So if you want to do that, be really appreciative. We have two guests today. We were supposed to have three. Matt Medeiros, sadly, has had to pull out at the last minute because he's being a good dad. But never fear, we've got him in spirit, uh, <laughs> as as you can see. Um, there he is approving this message. I, I thought it'd be quite funny is during the show, if I just randomly put that up, when I think that Matt Medeiros would have said, yes, I approve of this message. So let's see how that goes. He thought it was a good idea. So, so we'll see how that goes. But two guests today, firstly, returning for like the 780th time, even though we're only on episode 240. It's Kathy. How are you doing, Kathy? I'm doing really well. Happy to be here. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. If you don't know Kathy, Kathy is a product marketing manager for Cadence for Cadence at Stella WP. She's also dabbling in security and hacking culture. She's helped organize both 
WordCamp Phoenix and WordCamp US and WordFest Live in a minor role. You did say just before we started the show, you have quite a lot of hats over where you work, don't you? There's a lot of there's a lot of things going on over there. There are a lot of things going on. Stellar has a lot of different brands and we're we're all sharing our intel and giving guidance and and giving- helping support community events which we'll find out about in a second um and we're also joined for the first time by ben gabler how are you doing ben good how are you happy to be here thanks for yeah, having nice me. nice to have you as you can see by ben's moniker at the underneath his face he is the ceo and founder at rocket.net but there's more to it than that he is the ceo founder at rocket.net where they're on a mission to accelerate and protect wordpress at the edge of the cloud all while delivering a true SaaS experience for the customer he's been in the hosting industry for 20 years boy that's Pretty impressive. Um, with a few notable stops along the way at HostGator, Host9, GoDaddy, and StackPath. But currently, he's going to be telling us a little bit later all about uh, Rocket.net because I confess that I need to be. it needs to be explained to me. But it's a pleasure having you on. I hope you enjoy the show. Nice to have you. Thank you. You know, that's how I'm not a pushy sales guy because we shared a cab at WordCamp multiple times. Never <laughs> yeah. tried to sell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was saying to Ben, oh, it was you. <laughs> I remember now. Yeah, it looks familiar. Um, but yeah, thank you both of you for joining us today. I'm going to do a little bit of self-promotion. I hope you don't mind right at the outset because, you know, why not? The WP Builds website, let's stick it up there. This is the the source of all the stuff that we do um wpbuilds.com we produce a podcast episode this basically gets repurposed as audio and it comes out into the podcast feed on a tuesday so if you enjoy this kind of panel type chat back and forth that's every tuesday and if you enjoy just a sort of more interview based podcast we do that on a thursday you can find all of this stuff in the archives over here but also if you fancy keeping up to date via email we'll just email you twice a week once for each episode uh, you can go to wpbuilds.com and fill out this form here, and that's that. The next thing I want to say is that we finally got page the Page Builder Summit. Um, version 5.0 is coming around very, very soon, actually. We're already, well, we're more or less into February, let's just say that. And it's starting in about 20-odd days, 20th to the 24th of February. We put this page live just the other day so if you have been for a while we normally once the summit is over we put like a holding page up there with very little information basically the address but you can see a list of um, all the different people and so on there's a little video here about what we do and why we do it and a few sponsors there we've got 20i cadence wp and wp white security cadence wp look at that in the middle and there's also if you scroll down a little bit you will be able to find out details about the speakers and the titles of their presentation we're encouraging people to get on the mailing list and the way to do that is just to look around this page and find the buttons sign up and then we'll just keep you keep you informed it's totally free event um, there are options during the funnel process to sort of sign up to get access permanently to all of the bits and pieces, but you can watch it live for free and for the next 24 hours. So, But we would encourage you to to sign up and get all of that good stuff as well. I should mention that the podcast itself is sponsored by GoDaddy Pro. They've been sponsoring us for months and months and months now. So sincere thanks for GoDaddy Pro for helping us out. Really appreciate it. Okay, self-promotion over. Whew, thank you putting up with that right ben time to tell us about rocket.net your turn to promote because i I confess i've heard of rocket.net 
um, having been on a hosting company that I'm happy with, you know, it's a bit like a bank, isn't it? You you stick with it for a great deal of time until you need to. That's my experience, at least, anyway. But you've got this moniker here, the world's fastest WordPress hosting. That's a pretty bold claim. What's what's going on? Why why is it really fast? Sure. So, you know, I've been in the hosting industry about 20 years now. I was employee number eight at HostGator back in the day. And, mm. you know, uh, when when they had moved to Houston, I stayed back in Florida, started my own company, Host9, and kind of went through a similar um, state of mind when I started that company. There was a lot of hosting companies out there. And I was like, how can I be different? And we built something at Host9 called Reseller Central that allowed our reseller customers to spread their sites out on multiple servers instead of a single server. So, you know, I sold that company back to HostGator, went back to HostGator. They sold the company to Endurance. I took some time off and ultimately landed the senior product uh, management role at GoDaddy, where I relaunched all of the hosting products, including bringing uh, cPanel to GoDaddy uh, back in 2013, I believe it was. Wow. So at that point, I, I really saw some crazy scale uh, with thousands and thousands of signups a day. And, you know, that's when our managed WordPress product went out. I went to my first WordCamp, um, you know, and GoDaddy was kind of very corporate and, you know, I missed the startup world. So, you know, I had, I had left GoDaddy to do a couple of startups and, you know, worked very closely with some, some really special people that helped create some of the largest software in the world, like Visa Checkout, cPanel. And, you know, after those startups, I landed a chief product manager role at StackPath working under Lance Crosby. And one of the companies they bought right before I joined was Max CDN. Sure, everybody knows that company, a very, very big name in the WordPress space. And I saw this challenge. Um, you know, customers were trying to use the CDN and protect their websites, but everything out there was trying to get them to do that partial C name integration. So I tried to pitch this idea internally. We should build this all-in-one WordPress solution and make it super simple and, you know, cut that 90% churn out. And, you know, they didn't really go for it. They wanted to go after some of the very big enterprise deals. And back in February 2020, that's when I decided to, you know, uh, leap off the mountain without the parachute and build it. On the <laughs> and, uh, you know, funny enough, uh, bought on rocket.com from brand bucket for like 3,500 bucks and use some of my contacts had our first iteration done in about 72 days and you know when we hit about 13,000 ARR had the opportunity to buy rocket.net with a hefty uh $50,000 price tag so kind of took that uh huge bet uh definitely paid off you know uh, our first year we did about 400,000 in ARR second year uh we rounded out um or I'm sorry the the second year was about 400k third year we rounded out 1.8 and, you know, we're just, you know, on target to really accelerate and we don't do any marketing at all. So really what, you know, that bold statement there is gimmicky and cliche as it sounds, you know, we were the first company in the world to ever build an edge first platform. So, you know, we use Cloudflare Enterprise in a way that no other, you know, WordPress hosting company is, you know, a lot of our competitors are using Cloudflare workers and trying to kind of reverse engineer what we did. But coming from running a CDN at scale, doing 15 terabits a second and understanding exactly what you need on the other side, combining that with 20 years of actual web hosting experience, you know, we've created a solution that works for this industry in many different verticals. You know, we have a lot of very big food blogs on our platform, you know, um, Natasha'sKitchen.com, one of the newer customers we started working with. She's a huge food blogger. We, her website serves 98.9% directly from Cloudflare. So that means every single visitor looking up her recipes is within, you know, 50 milliseconds or less around the whole world. 
So it just makes an incredible difference. But the, the, the other real value there that a lot of people don't think about, which is similar to like, you know, health insurance and car insurance is our security. You know, so we have the Cloudflare WAF and then we have a whole line of security at each origin server that allows our customers to simply point the rocket. They have the full page caching CDN with Cloudflare Enterprise. They have the security. So our, our bloggers and stores focus on just creating content and building their business while we handle all the rest. Um, so that's, you know, that, that's part of the initial um, USP that got Rocket where it was. I think, I think what, you know, what I like to say is people have come for the speed, but stayed for the support. You know, we're uh, built of, you know, hosting industry veterans. We have people with three years of experience to 20 years of experience, not including myself. Um, you know, and really we are doubling down on, you know, taking care of our people. And that not only means customers, but our staff as well. So, you know, our average response time on tickets is 47 seconds. You know, our ticket or uh, chats, I'm sorry, COVID fog still. Um, so we have a 47 second uh, average response time on live chat and a six minute response time on email. Our average migration is about 45 minutes. And that's something that, you know, we recently did a 2022 in review blog post. It's really easy to say those things early on, but we've scaled that all the way from zero to, you know, over 2 million in annual revenue at this point. So that is the basis of what is going to, you know, continue to propel rocket. You know, I feel like a lot of our competitors um, have really lost the customer touch. Right. And that's something that we will never, ever give up on because every single thing we do at rocket internally has to bubble up to the success of the customer. I must say, the when I saw that you um, were around on a WordPress hosting company, I, I was kind of pretty. Com- it was pretty cool that you had Rocket.net. I thought, man alive, that didn't come cheap. And now I know. <laughs> <laughs> now I know how expensive it was. I put the URL on the screen just a moment ago, but it is as Ben said, Rocket.net, um, fully fully dedicated to WordPress hosting. So yeah. Go check it out. And thanks. That was a really nice explainer of what you do and why you do it. I appreciate that. It, normally, at the beginning, we go through a few comments. And the first comment we always go through is uh, a weather report from Pete Ingersoll, who <laughs> always drops in what the weather's doing in Connecticut. So uh, let's begin there. Uh, hello from Connecticut, US, where it's one degree centigrade, 34 under cloudy skies. It's going to be warmer than average today. Nice. Nice. It's always great to to know what's going on in Connecticut. Thank you for joining us again, Peter. Really appreciate it. Got a few comments here. Good morning, Rob Cairns. How are you doing? Um, Cold Belgrade, my long car from GoDaddy. How are you doing? Uh, Phil Levine, or Philip Levine, he's written there. Good morning from Florida. Michelle Frechette's joining us with a good morning. Lana. Come on, we got a huge hello to Michelle. Yeah, Michelle... (laughs) Michelle is very, very often on the show. In fact, she was on just just last week. Um, but yeah, and she says, "I wish." Oh, she, obviously, there's a relationship between you and her. There. <laughs> I wish I was there to heckle Ben in person. Okay, all right. And Likewise. Courtney Robertson joining us also from GoDaddy did a podcast interview with her during the course of this week, and it was really nice with Say, Say Reed as well. And Elliot Sowsby from just down the road where I live, actually saying hello. Thank you for joining us. Really appreciate that. Let's get on to some WordPressy stuff. There's actually quite a bit of core kind of news this week, which is often not the case, but I'm pleased to say that there is this week. Um, this is more community-based, the first couple of pieces, though. I I don't know about this tool, but there's a tool called Matrix, and I've never used it, but Sarah Gooding has picked up this piece. It's called WordPress Projects to Evaluate Replacing Slack 
with Matrix Open Source Chat. It is basically what the title says. There is thought that after investing 4.6 million, Automatic invested that much, that maybe they're looking to integrate the, the WordPress um the WordPress sort of Slack, if you like, replacing Slack with this open source project. Um, I've got to say, for my part, I've never been a particular fan of Slack. In fact, Slack has turned me off uh, getting involved in all sorts of things in the WordPress project just because I, I find it really hard to have that sort of linear path and the way that if you open up a thread, it occupies that sent that place on the right. And it, I, I, I don't know what it is. But in the same way that I can't really manage Twitter, I can't really get my hands on Slack and enjoy it, especially when there's a giant thread. And so this is an interesting one. If you're um, into it, apparently they've got, because it's open source, in the same way that Mastodon is now getting all of these um, mobile clients because everybody's really into it, the same is true for Matrix. Uh, there's a whole bunch of them for different platforms, iOS and Android and so on. And people have even started to figure out ways to embed it in blocks and so on and so forth. But yeah, I just wondered what you guys thought, whether you're whether or not you're big fans of Slack, and if not, maybe this is a maybe this is a possible solution. Yeah, I'm Slack. Uh, I have Slack fatigue. I think <laughs> just because I like I really like asynchronous work and being able to focus on projects, focus on getting things done, and then coming together and sharing. But Slack oftentimes is just like you know, where are you? Where are you? Why aren't you answering? And it's a little too much in your face, and so I find it to be a little disruptive. I don't know. I've never used Matrix, so I'm not sure if that solves that kind of problem, but. I, for one, am anything to not have to slack so much. I'm all for it. Did you or your team, Kathy, did you ever come across this cool little piece of software? Uh, it's called Zip Message. Yeah. Because you mentioned that you liked asynchronous. I find I, I've used this quite a bit recently, and the more I use it, the more compelling I find it in that you – you just record a message. It just hijacks your camera. It's in the browser. You record the message, and it basically creates like an email thread, but everything's done in video. So yeah, you just get I this stack. It. And, and it, it's it's just brilliant because it, I just get all the information I need, and typically I find that people can say what they want to say in half, well, a 50th of the time that they can type it. And the fact that it all gets threaded and everything, it's getting updated all the time. So, yeah. I just think that's a really cool tool. Check it out. It's got nothing to do with WordPress, although maybe they've got a plugin or so. I don't know. Maybe you can embed it into WordPress or something. But yeah, Ben, what about you? What do your team use? Are you into Slack and all of that or Matrix? Or So it's interesting. You know, when I first started on the internet as a kid, I was using bulletin board systems, graduated to Prodigy, graduated to AOL, and then IRC. So for me, you know, using IRC for, I don't know, 25 years, give or take. And I think I got started on there when I was around 11, 12 years old. Slack is basically IRC with lipstick. So for me, I've been using it for so long that I'm so familiar with it. Like if you download MIRC and put it side by side with Slack, it's literally identical. Huh. And, you know, I think what we see, I, I've seen a couple things happen in my career, like, you know, I've seen a company say, we're no longer using Slack, we're going to Teams. Corporate level was happy with that because it integrated with calendars. Developers and support were very upset because Slack integrated with GitHub and they had shared channels and things that you just couldn't do with Teams due to restrictions. So it's always a double-edged sword of 
finding the right balance of what makes sense. And when you have to herd people, similar to like a lot of the Gutenberg talks, you know, like even at WordCamp US, like a big talk that happened was deprecating classic editor. Please, 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 we need more time. And mm -hmm. it's one of those things like when you have to, you know, herd the, you know, like such a mass volume of human beings, it's very difficult to make a, you know, let, you know, yes or no decision on a specific tool. And you're always going to have a split, you know, percentage of, I love Slack, right? Kathy, it doesn't, it's not that she doesn't like Slack. There's certain aspects of it that disrupt her day or me. whatever yeah. it might be. Right. So, you know, I think it's just, it, it's challenging whenever you're in such a big community to make an appropriate decision that affects so many people without going split brain. Like when you look back at even something like Node.js back in the day, they forked it to like IOJS or something like that. And then eventually everybody made up in the community and they forked it back, right? So it's just challenging. If you ask my opinion, I love Slack. I hate threads in Slack. I wish I could disable that. I'm with you on that. Um, things yes, get lost there torture. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, just because I am personally so used to it and a lot of like our, you know, customers and stuff, like we'll do shared Slack channels for support. And if I was like, hey, go install Matrix. They'd be like, I never saw that movie, right? So <laughs> it's, it's tricky. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Um, couple of things here. One from Courtney Robertson saying important facts of communication, low bandwidth, as we have many folks on mobile or using mobile speed, accessibility, ease for languages, folks actually adopting it and archival support. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that was mentioned in this was the, the difficulty in logging on, which uh, apparently on the mobile in particular is, is a bit tortuous. I've, I've, as soon as I set a computer up, that's one of the things that I do is set Slack up and then hopefully I never have to do it again. But I do, I do remember it being like, like what? What's the URL for this particular instance? I've no idea. Do I get? How do I log in? Oh, I have to wait for an email. Right, got it. Email, um, and it always is. I think a little bit frustrating. I just feel it might be nice to give it a go. Maybe a subset of users could try it out and see what it's like. My my experience with Mastodon has really taught me that the incumbent thing wasn't necessarily the thing that I wanted. Um, I've really enjoyed being on Mastodon and the way it's done, the and the fact that. There's a thousand different UIs out there because everybody's implementing it in their own way. And I like that. And I've actually got two Android clients now, both of which have really different takes on the UI. And I do one for kind of quickly finding stuff because the search and the discoverability is easier. And then I do one for posting just because it's, I don't know, there's just some little quirk there that I really like. So anyway, there's my hot take. But the fact that Automatic invested 4.6 million in it and allegedly said, Matt Mullenweg did say at the time, this was back in 2020, that the intention was for adoption of matrix-based tools and to build bridges to WordPress is quite interesting. And um, comment from Rob Cairn saying, Slack is a necessary evil. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that kind of sums it up for me too, actually, Rob. You've, uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. Okay, let's move on. This is very actually a quirkily a similar story, in fact. This is again on WP Tavern. This is about the WordPress community team. And I know we've got Courtney in here and she's heavily involved in all this, so maybe she's got something to add. Um, thinking about moving over to GitHub to improve collaboration. This was an idea proposed by Leo Gopal. Um, uh, just essentially saying, can we try it out for three months? Because he thinks that GitHub has all of the different bits and pieces 
that everybody might need. I think because it's the community team, it's going to be far less about code than it will be about messages and threads and putting things into Trello-style Kanban boards, that kind of thing. So he's asked, can we just try it for three months, adopt GitHub, see where it goes? Obviously, there's a subset of people just like Slack who will think, no, it's all about the code. But if you've ever dug into GitHub, you'll know there's an awful lot more in the interface there than just looking at um, repos. So anyway, if you've got any opinions on that, Kathy and Ben, shout them out. Yeah, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of value in GitHub when you think about, you know, at the end of the day, WordPress is, is software. GitHub is like arguably, you know, up there with, you know, GitLab and GitHub, but GitHub is like kind of that huge de facto standard um, for, for version control and, 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 you know, collaboration and working on software. So when you think about, well, what is WordPress? It's software. It's a uh, management system that creates HTML and CSS and JavaScript. So even though it's a community team, there's a lot that could be gained from, maybe there's a community conversation on GitHub in their wiki space or whatever it happens to be. I'm personally not familiar with it, so just kind of taking a guess here. I would imagine no other tool will integrate with GitHub issues better than GitHub. Mm -hmm. So let's say we're having a conversation about SQLite and it's at the community conversation stage and all of a sudden Nathan says something is brilliant. We're like, oh my gosh, let's capture that. Yeah, quickly write that down. (laughs) That never happened before. (laughs) Boom, make it into an issue, right? So I I think really the other thing that comes into play is you know, and not to go off a tangent, but you think about Agile. When Agile was introduced, depending on your organization, luckily at GoDaddy, where I picked it up, we worked with a guy named Derek Neighbors. He was like unbelievably incredible. And the way that he implemented Agile was not, okay, here's this textbook. This is what GoDaddy's going to do. He took the, the fundamentals of Agile and Scrum and said, here's where we're going to start with. And we're going to mold this to what works for GoDaddy. Whether it's t-shirt sizes, hours, we're going to figure it out. And, you know, I think, I think when you look at, you know, coming up with this big, massive shift, where is the, you know, the, the, the documentation, the pros and cons, the, you know, well thought out plan and process of the impact this is going to have versus shooting from the hip. Um, you know, shooting from the hip is everything I just said about how I could see a value in GitHub. I don't know the downsides, right? Cause I haven't sat down and thought about it. So I think, you know, I think that's another thing that plays into a lot of what I've seen in the last couple of years, just on the outside of, you know, what's happening in community based on all these big decisions that are happening is, you know, I know there's huge documentation pieces out there. Me personally, I, I'm not privy to all this because I'm not writing, you know, I'm not contributing personally to, to the code base. But I think it's one of those things that goes back to um, what are the pros and cons and, you know, how do we measure the success of that three month trial run, Right. Is it, is it based off of a, an NPS score of how much did you like this? Is it based off of a thumbs up or thumbs down, right? And, and I think and maybe that exists, right? I haven't read much about this, but just my two cents. I think, I think if you start to think of it that way, we could say, yeah, like I think you would find a lot more people open to doing these different trial runs of different tools, but you also have to be careful to not chase, you know, the, uh, the, the shiny object, right? So if it's not broke, why fix it type deal? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like how I operate. Yeah. Let's go. Um, thank you, Ben. Just a quick 
message from Courtney, um, and it was written in the article. I just failed to mention it. Sorry, Courtney. She said uh, that the Docs Training Marketing Core and other teams have moved over to using Git there you go. projects. That's a huge yeah. pro, right? Yeah, exactly. And also, she says, community team handles meetups and other events. They don't touch the code. Yes, of course, yeah. Uh, but do other teams using it? I hope they make the move. Okay, so you're broadly in line. You're broadly um, thumbs up for that. Uh, speaking of thumbs up, I think it's probably about now that we should uh, we should reintroduce a guest who he was supposed to be on the show. I think I mentioned him at the top. Matt Medeiros was supposed to join us. I think at this point we should uh, we should have Matt Medeiros's approval uh, for this message. I think Matt would firmly agree that this project should go over to. GitHub. I just made a joke with him that I would put this image up periodically during the show, and so there is our first example of it. Right, time, Matt to Matt to go away. Come on, off you go, Matt. There we go. Kathy, anything on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I work with a number of different teams that use different project management tools and use GitHub and manage being able to ensure that everyone can have a conversation having it in the same tool as long as the github projects allows for good project management you know assigning tasks and things like that i think it's great because then you can really dovetail all of the different teams together and it facilitates communication um so i'm i think it's going to be good there was one concern, I think it was in here, maybe it wasn't in this one, about the fact that if we, if it was moved over, then people contributing, they wouldn't necessarily have their, their contributing status linked back to their WP.org hmm. profile. I might be modeling a few things up there, but certainly that was a point that was mentioned as well. Uh, we got Bridget Willard in the comments. Thank you for joining us. She says, yeah, um, good point, but community usually about events so trello project management is better okay you're into trello yeah i mean there's kanban style stuff in in github isn't there um and then there's a few comments in yes it does it actually does a better job than trello says courtney interesting i've not used github projects for task management like that but i do love a good kanban board okay that was so that was two sort of community-based things let's talk about acquisitions because it's been what like Eight minutes since we did that conversation. Actually, let's not. I've just quick, quick, <laughs> some hot news. Uh, let's talk about WS Form instead because, <laughs> dare I, dare I press the button? Is he ready? Hey! <laughs> <Look>. <laughs> Morning, Nathan. Morning, because Matt couldn't make it. I uh, I said to Mark on, well, I think it was Slack. <laughs> yeah, it was. I didn't know if you were going to read it or not. <laughs> yeah. I said to Mark, why don't you join us and talk about um, the new integration that you've got with uh, OpenAI? So we'll just hijack the conversation because I know you've got a limited amount of time. So I'll, yeah. just, I'll just pop it on the screen and then you can dip in and out whenever you want. But hello, welcome, Mark Westcott. I'm not going to read out your bio because I haven't got it. I uh, just thought it would be part of the hands at the end. Yeah, 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 you're not going to get to do that. Actually, we might do that in a minute just so that you can. Um, so I was going to mention this uh, a little bit later in the show, but we bumped it up to now. OpenAI Beta. So this, uh, if you don't know, Mark has constructed WS Form, a very, very, very capable uh, WordPress form plugin. It can basically do everything that you ever imagined and a whole lot more. And as of now, you can test OpenAI Beta 
Um, but it's curious because I have this impression, Mark, that OpenAI and all of the things that they're doing with th things like ChatGPT and all of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, it, it feels like a, a sort of conversation. So how does this fit in with forms? How, how on earth could this possibly collide with what you're doing with forms? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I ask myself the same thing. You know, could I could I integrate with this? Um, turns out I can. So there, there are <laughs> there, there there are broadly four main things that OpenAI does. Um, you've got the conversation piece where you can ask it a, a question and it comes back with an answer. There's an edit piece to it where you can uh, provide it with a piece of content and then give it an instruction to change that. So perhaps you know you could give it an article that you've written and then give it some instruction and say, hey, fix the spelling in this document or fix the grammar or make this sound first person instead of third person and it will do it. There's the image component where you can ask, ask it to make a particular image. Um, and there's also a moderation component. That's where I originally was looking at OpenAI because we're always trying to reduce spam for our customers. And they have a, a moderation component where you can provide it with content and it will look at it to see if there's anything malicious or violent in that content um, so we've actually added that as a feature to our form plugin so that if it detects something bad being said in the content it'll mark it as spam um, so from that i then thought well hey um i could use these other components as well and um it's interesting i was talking to chris badgett from uh from lifter and uh, I was showing it to him, and he was like, you know, this would be really great for people that wanted to submit form content, sorry, like course content, through the front end of their website, add content to a course, uh, and be able to ask OpenAI to produce that content for them. So so basically what we've done is, uh, if you go back to the screenshot, Nathan, yep, we'll I'll show you very, very quickly what it, what it does. But if you, you'll see there's a demo there. So basically, what you're looking at in that dotted line there is actually a form. Um, there are two fields on that form. One is the prompt, one's the completion. And we're just telling WS Form to take whatever's produced the prompt when that green button's pressed, send a request off to OpenAI, um, and it will then return the output in that completion field. So it's a very simple example, but um, it, it, it opens up the capability of being able, being able to implement OpenAI on any form that you've got. And you can actually put multiple requests on one page. So if you wanted to have the ability to maybe create a featured image for a post through the front end of your site, yes. you can use this feature to, to use that. Okay. Um, or if you wanted to maybe create... Uh, so we have a user management add-on for creating users in WordPress. So you could use it to create an avatar image. Profile picture. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then the edit feature. Like, we have a lot of people using, we have a post management plugin that integrates in quite deeply with ATF, Metabox, Toolset, Pods, and now Jet Engine. Um, so you could implement this feature on the front of the site if you were creating posts and enable people to use OpenAI to um create content for them or help them with that with that content um so you know open ai powers a lot of these things that we're seeing on the web right now dolly chat gpt they're all trained models of open ai that are producing content and we've recently added a couple of nice new features to this um, one is that you can use custom models in open ai so a lot of companies are, or a lot of people are training open ai to get better responses back from it. So obviously it only knows, I think it knows data up to like 2021. 20, 2020, 20, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, like that. 
so you can provide it with a custom model that will teach it certain things about your business, for example, and you'd use that to build a, a customer support form, for example. Um, you could also do with this prompt engineering, which is quite cool. So what you can do is the quick, like you, you just typed in there, what is WordPress? Yes. You can actually modify that prompt before it's sent to OpenAI. So you can maybe say, hey, when you give a response back to this user, please make sure that you mention the word aliens or something like that. God. And it will, it will modify the prompt to come back and make sure that it's in the context that you want. Um, so yeah, you can see here, this is actually a, a way of doing prompt engineering. So we're, we're telling it that it's a conversation between the agent and the customer, um, not to ask for any personal identifiable information. Um, and if, they, if, you, if it doesn't have a, um, a, an answer to it, then provide this URL. Uh, to give them further help. And then you see where it says hash field one, two, three. That is where we would inject the question that the customer has asked. Uh, huh. It's quite it's quite scary, the response that you get back from it. It's actually yeah. very good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of where we are with it. It's, um, you know, we, obviously everyone's talking about open AI and AI in general. So we wanted so to make sure that we were on that bandwagon. Th this, is, sorry. this is, sorry, Ben, you go first. Go on. I was going to say, I think one of the most interesting things that, that I heard so far, because obviously it's, it's like chat GPT everywhere, like blah, blah, mm. is the content moderation. That, to me, gets rid of the need of like a CAPTCHA, right, yep. on your forums, mm -hmm. which is good for page speed. But it's, it's like intelligent moderation. And, and obviously there's clean talk, ask them, all the ones that have been around forever, but it's still very server intense, right? So thinking about being able to have a trained um, content moderation piece, like even our form gets, you know, junk on it, right? Everybody does. But mm -hmm. having that ability to, to, to start to really mold on like, you know, like uh, Viagra has nothing to do with hosting, like kill it, right? Um, yeah. I, I think you have something, like, I think that's interesting. And funny enough, Mark and I were supposed to hop on a call last week, but I'm on round two. There he is now. We'll just get on with it, Ben. Me and Kathy will shut up. Thankfully, you know, I'm, I'm on the men now. I'm, I'm all cleared and, you know, ready for Birmingham. And I think Mark is going to be there as well. But, you know, I'd definitely love to uh, get some time uh, to, to figure that out. Because I think, you know, the way that I think about it is opening eye for the average user is so advanced right mm. and and part of what what we've been able to do is take like like one of your comments on our portal was it was super easy to use it's taking some of that complex technology and simplifying it so it's just like boom turn on content moderation here you go right no need for another plugin maybe there is an extra add-on that's fine but it's all still under the same you know same thing i think i think that's one a, a really interesting uh early adoption uh, use case of OpenAI that the world would understand in WordPress. Yeah, I mean, at the minute, everybody's just asking it banal questions, aren't they? Like, you know, tell us, tell us about whatever. Uh, just yeah. give us some data, and you know, just having a chat with it—that's certainly what I've been using it for, or for writing blog posts. But this, mm. this is absolutely fascinating, and I just want to drill down into it. So I'm looking at the WS Form website. It's wsform.com forward slash knowledge base forward slash open AI. And we're on the input, input mask field. And this is mm. what Mark was talking about just a moment ago, where you can give it. So you literally give it a text 
text prompt of the mm-hmm. type of replies that you would like it to provide. So and let it, me just read it, it out for those people that listen on audio. So Mark has seeded it with this, I quote, the following is a conversation between an agent and a customer. So he's setting the context. The agent will attempt to diagnose the problem and suggest a solution whilst refraining from asking any questions related to PII. Instead of asking for PII, such as username and password, refer the user to the help article, wsform.com forward slash knowledge base. And now OpenAI is able to, based upon what people are asking it, it can say, well, I, you know, I don't know anything about username and password. Here's a URL to reset or whatever it may be. But it's also, given the, the, the fields that you've used, it's able to identify this person's name because they submitted in a previous form, but it sticks within the bounds of what you've just told it. That is utterly yeah, it's, remarkable. It's, it's, uh, it is remarkable. And I, um, I've been try- I actually tried it with some of my agency clients. Um, so I have a, a, a hairstylist client that owns hair schools. All I did was just put between that company name um, an agent and a customer, and then put their URL in. And then I was asking it things like, you know, how often do you have courses every year? Uh, how how much is it? And it, it it was answering correctly in the context of their business. <laughs> and it just wow. blew me away. But it, it really blew me away. Now, for some companies, that may not be a good idea. They, some people have very strict rules around how they communicate with customers. Um, and leaving open AI to it may not be a good idea. Um, for somebody like me, a smaller business that maybe wants to offer an AI response on a support form, it may be an option that my customers are interested in because it would give them an immediate response without having to wait for me. Yeah. Um, and when I when I set this up for WS Form, I was quite impressed with the responses. It was finding the right answers and giving them the right instructions. So as long as it has, you know, I know there's, there's a whole new model coming for it from or open AI that's going to have much more recent information in it. Uh, in fact, it's so it's... good, it can predict the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it, it... how good it's become. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is soaking up the future at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask, with this, so let's say, for example, that I, I own a company, I own a hairstyle company. Why? Why? Who knows? But um, and, and I come into business after 2020. So there's a problem right there. So ChatGPT wouldn't know anything about me. Can I can I insert information into OpenAI's product? Can I sort of give it, seed it with new yes. content? Say, look, I've got this blog post. I've got I've got fifty blog posts that I've just put up. Go and yep. take those, and then regurgitate the stuff from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Huh. The, um, in fact, um, I, I really wish I knew the name of the plugin, but there's a new AI plugin that just came out that does have a kind of prompt response. Uh, or prompt completion style editor in it where you can feed it that information. Um, uh, so, yeah, and, and there's some of these custom models are thousands of lines long. You know, they literally right. you, they'll go through all of the questions and answers you have on your site and they feed it to it. And it doesn't give you that literal response that you provide to it. It works it into a nicely formed response. <laughs> it's, it's very... It's scary how it works, but um, I, I know that you're not yeah. able to stick around until later. But we will be discussing AI quite a bit, and obviously, you know the incentives can, and whether or not. Around. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah. in, maybe we'll get onto that in a second, actually, because there's a few pieces around the incentives around it and where it's getting its mm. information, which is quite interesting. Mm. But yeah, I can totally see the piece. I can get it if you know if you're creating custom post types through WS Form and you just want to give it, like, okay, let just give me some starter text. Off we go. 
And yeah. the whole image thing, yeah, again, if you've got a custom post type and you want, a, you want a, an image created, you are plugging this into the OpenAI API, right? So you pay Correct. them a fee. Yeah. And is the OpenAI API, that's not easy to say, by the way. <laughs> I know. Is that a per, is that like a per use basis? So in other words, yeah. the, the, it's the a, traditional version of a chatbot, you're going to yeah. pay them a monthly fee, right? But mm -hmm. if you've got a really low traffic website, you're probably overspending yeah. there. Whereas yeah, if it's you're using the this. Cheapest, yeah. about the cheapest way of doing it that you can do it. So the, the way that you... You can sign up and they give you an $18 credit, which is enough to do literally thousands and thousands of words. Um, and the way that OpenAI works is it's token-based. So you buy you know, maybe $100 worth of tokens. That gives you X thousands of, of words. Um, so we're, we're basically just plugging into an OpenAI API key. And um, you, you just talk directly to it. So it's fairly easy to set up. Um, who knows where they're going to go with it? That's why we've, we've got it in beta and the add-on is free because we don't know if they're going to change things and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll see where this goes. But this is really plugging into the core of what powers a lot of these cool tools that we're looking at. Um, you, uh, are, you know that Microsoft want their $10 billion back. Yes, they do. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way that model's not going to change at some point. Yeah. They'll be printing money. Um, I should probably mention Max because he's been putting a bunch of comments in whilst we've been talking. Um, so this is going back like five minutes. You can even say things like only answer with yes or no. So the, the, the yep. permutations are very flexible. Yep. Just on, um, on that point, Nathan, hmm? that, that would um, attribute back to what Ben was talking about, about, you know, uh, if you're seeing certain words and things in content that you're not happy with, you can actually make it literally just respond with a yes or a no on it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you could use that for spam prevention. Okay, too. right, thank you. So then he goes on to say, uh, so this is a question presumably directed at you. Is there a way to pass the OpenAI answer in WS form when we get the answer back to populate multiple fields afterwards? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you can actually, the, the response that you get back, you saw there we were putting it into a field. You could even push that to Slack or push it to MailChimp or push it to any any of our integrations that we have. So uh, I'm interested to see what our customers do with it. <laughs> it's basically almost like these little short codes, right? You could yeah, fill it yeah, up. With, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we have, once you've run that, there's a little short code that says hash output, basically. Um, and you, you can put that anywhere that you like. Okay. Yeah. Boy. Um, and the, the next follow-up he's got is the one concern is that we share third-party information with OpenAI and that it might not be conforming to privacy laws. Good point. Mm -hmm. um, he says you don't need to buy tokens in advance. It's pay-as-you-go. So you can have – there is a mm -hmm. usage model as well. So you just yeah. give them your credit card and – yeah, I think um, it, uh, it adds yeah. up to a point and then you hit a max and then it charges for the next round. So. The nice thing is you can get OpenAI to be the gatekeeper to decide if the form's worth processing and thereby <laughs> yeah. use OpenAI to save you money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish time we've already used the token. Yeah. So. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> ben, did you? I felt like you had something to say there. Was I? Did you want... I thought you began a sentence. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. no sorry. No, okay. Just... no, no. Okay. Well, Mark, considering you're sticking around, firstly, I think at this point, uh, Matt Medeiros would like to just hop in and say that he approves <laughs> this message. Matt was supposed to be on instead of you, Mark, you see. So I just thought I'd, just thought I'd have a bit of fun with Matt's image. So he's definitely endorsing WS Hormone. The But 
I'm going to move on to this piece, which is kind of interesting because you mentioned Lifter LMS and kind of relates mm. to that. This is the chat. <laughs> You, you knew it, right? You just knew it would happen. ChatGPT has been discovered by students. And stu so this is nothing to do with WordPress, right? But it's fun anyway. Uh, you, you can imagine the fun that they're having. You know, they're all going to ChatGPT. They've got an essay. They've got to write 1,500 words. So they literally say, write me a 1,500-word essay about, I don't know, whatever, the Napoleonic Revolution or whatever they happen to be studying. So this this is the bad side, isn't it? This is the real concern on the back end of it, is that how on earth would I, as a teacher of the Napoleonic Revolution, how would I be able to disassemble? You bothered, you bothered, you cheated, you used ChatGPT. <laughs> and I genuinely don't know the answer, and this kind of stuff genuinely concerns me. Obviously... Yeah. Your implementation is like, it's, we're not doing that. It's completely utilitarian. You're just mm. providing a service, but this seems like the nefarious side of it. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think when I look at something like this, it's still an API. So I think eventually you'll see like colleges, insert whatever, running this stuff through to verify. Did, did, chat, did you create this? Right? Was this created? Because I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's got track of everything it did. So, uh, you know, there's tons of, websites out there that have been out there forever that are like, we'll write your paper for you. And then yeah, you know, there's true, also yeah. websites yeah. where yeah. these professors can submit the papers and see like, find like, Oh, 90% same as this, that, or the other. So I think what you'll end up seeing is, you know, maybe not anytime right away, like kind of like when something new comes out, you know, the, the, the older sibling get, you know, gets away with it. And then the younger siblings like, Nope, like your brother got away with it. <laughs> So I think what's going to happen is I think people are using this every day to, to cheat the system. But what's going to happen is they're going to catch on. Some startup will come up with a way to drag and drop a term paper in and click a button for a dollar or, or whatever. You know, Maybe, I don't know, however the school does it. And it's going to say, yep, this was written by ChatGPT. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then somebody will open source open AI and, uh, and then create their own version, which they don't release any information about. Or some kid will get caught up in the net. He's like, I, had to, I really did write it. I promise I wrote it. I was up till four in the morning. No, no, you weren't. We know that ChatGPT. No, it didn't. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, that was a, that was an article on a in a website called The Conversation. It'll be linked in the show notes. And for anybody interested in how ChatGPT and all of these pieces of software works, this is quite an interesting read. Um, about halfway through, you'll want to tear your eyeballs out, but because you know lots of sort of technical <laughs> language and it does get a little bit difficult. But it's really interesting, and it's all about the incentives and the feedback loops and how they get it to. Uh, essentially just get better and better and better and not give out information which you wouldn't want them to do. So, again, it'll be linked in the show notes. How fascinating. I love this subject. I could honestly talk about it for ages. Rob Cairn saying it was bound to happen. It was going to happen. This Somebody the same, um, someone said to me the, the way to check if something is written by ChatGPT is if there's no errors in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very likely AI made, so make sure you put spelling mistakes. Well, it, it's my, interesting. Sorry, Kathy, you go. Yeah, my daughter, um, she's really, really smart, like problematically smart, and she was writing papers for her friends at school. And she's like, I have to put put errors in it, and I have to use grammatic imperfections, otherwise. <laughs> Because when I turn in my art, my uh, essays and everything's perfect, I get accused of 
uh, forged, you know, having it forged or having someone else write it. So when she was writing papers for her friends, which I had to discourage, uh, she was putting in all kinds of errors and she's like, Oh, Olivia doesn't talk like this. So I may have to make sure that she, like, she would just, she was like, almost as bad as AI. But I actually taught her how to use when as soon as ChatGPT came out and she was like kind of finishing up semester, like you need to watch take a look at this. And so I basically taught her how to use it. I'm not worried about her like learning how to write. She she's way beyond her years in some ways. But she needs to learn how to use it and she needs to learn how to recognize how the tool works. All of our kids are going to need to use it because this is going to be a part of their future. They're going to have to learn how it works, how to use it properly and not use it to like cheat the system, like learn it first and then, you know, it's like learn first what the rules are and then you can break the rules more efficiently or better. Yeah. Um, but you have it's to kind learn of like when I was at school, we were taught how to research. So we were taught about how yeah. to, you know, use the index and go and find an encyclopedia that fits with the, now it's like, you don't need to research anymore. You just go to Google or a search engine. The skill now mm. is using the information that you've immediately yeah. found as opposed to, uh, spend half the time, probably three quarters of the time, finding the right page in a book, which will tell you only to discover it's wrong anyway. Um, you know, it's out of date or whatever. So yeah, that's a really good point. I have a password manager. And when it, when I ask it to create a new password, there's a whole bunch of toggles. And it's like, you know, do you want ones, you know, do you want the characters one through zero? Do you want uppercase letters? That's what will happen. Mark, it'll just be like, do you want this to seem like a 16-year-old, a 15-year-old? How many <laughs> spelling mistakes do you want? Do you want the grammar to be accurate, mildly accurate? And, uh, and it's almost going to be like we're, we're going to need, like, you know, people drive around with these cameras in their cars in case yeah. of an insurance claim. We, we're almost going to have to write the papers with a camera watching us so we've got yeah. evidence <laughs> that we wrote it. Yeah. I, I do I do think in terms of the student thing, I would imagine it is going to be fairly a fairly compelling argument for examinations in a hall at the end of the course as opposed to coursework. I'd imagine that, you know, because if they invigilate it correctly, you really can't cheat that. Whereas the coursework thing at the minute... I would imagine that there's quite a lot of people in academic institutions who are just not able to keep up with this because they're not interested yeah. in technology. Yeah. And maybe quite a few bits and pieces are going under the net. I should say, um, Michelle Frechette said, problematically smart. I caught that as well. <laughs> uh, is a new favorite phrase. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it will learn to create, sorry, calculate manually. And then you see a calculator not using AI as the future puts you at a disadvantage. Oh, Lord. Okay, right. Let's move on to WordPressy stuff. Are you all right to stay with us for a bit, Mark, or do you need yeah, to head? Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll hang around. I apologize for being unprepared, but I'll do that's my okay. best. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my middle name. Uh, <laughs> okay, so this one is definitely back. Oh no, no, no! I think we were. Where were we? Did we do awesome motive? We did awesome motive, didn't we? Or did we not? We did not. We so. didn't because I forget because we talked about it before the show started. So very quickly, um, Awesome Motive, which is a company which we've heard of lots and lots in the past. They've been on a real spending spree over the last several years. In fact, I think they've bought two things this year already. The Duplicator plugin uh, came to them in January. And also in January, they've just bought the Thrive Themes suite of products. Seems like they've got 200,000 users. Now, I don't know if there's a free tier or if that's paying customers. But if that is indeed paying customers, the price tag at $299 a year, if there's 200,000 of them, it seems like that's a fairly healthy business. 
Um, there's a whole suite of things. And for example, um, they've got a page builder and they've got a quiz builder, I believe. But yeah, I don't know what we think. It seems like in the recent past, acquisition news was all the rage. It seems to have quietened down a little bit. Now we've got what seems to be overtaking it is partnership news. But um, yeah, I don't know if anybody's got anything to add with this one. If not, I'll just crack on. I don't think it's, you know, I think uh, I know Syed pretty well, uh, the CEO and founder, you know, awesome motive. Uh, they're located 15 minutes from me in West Palm Beach. So, you know, I, I get the opportunity to have lunch with him once in a while. And, you know, I know it's always an immediate pushback whenever there's an acquisition or, you know, roll up, you know, you could argue that, you know, awesome motive is just, you know, taking all of these different things. But, you know, I have a lot of respect for Syed because I think, you know, I think he sees this bigger picture of when he started out with WP Beginner and, and helping others use WordPress. I, you know, with my conversations with him, I think fundamentally it's a lot of how can I continue this ease of use, but at scale with all of these products that make a lot of sense. Like Grant, yes, every single person on this call is is here to make make a living, right? So, you know, when you think about having a theme builder, uh, a, you know, analytics software, mm. a backup, software. you're getting all of these different components that can ultimately make up an ecosystem similar to what like GoDaddy even did with their WooCommerce stuff. Like it's got a lot of training wheels on it, right? So when you think about compiling all of these different things, because right now when you log into WP Admin, you can install an insane amount of plugins and you know, there's 50 of the same type of plugin for SVG support, right? So I think, I think you have this massive following and stake in the ground of somebody who's truly passionate about the WordPress industry and doing what they can with their success to help pass it on to others, also while still making a living. But, you know, I've yet to see, you know, sure, there's going to be upsells and inside of WP Admin, but tell me one premium plugin that doesn't do that, right? Every single one of them, um, whether it's Elementor or WP Rocket, I mean, it's always in your face with you know, oh, well, buy now for three years and save 20% for our price increase. I mean, it's just business. Uh, where I get super excited is some of these plugins that do get acquired were kind of stagnant for a while. Um, now you're getting this massive team behind and, you know, in capital behind these plugins to make them even better and more modern. And, and you see all these new features. So and I think it, I, I never look at any of his acquisitions like, oh, man, here we go. Right. Like I get pretty excited to see what they're going to do. You were speaking about the, it being in a sort of stagnant mode. I don't know if that's the case, but the founder, who's obviously you know benefited from this deal, Shane Malach, along with uh, Paul McCarthy. But Shane Malach said to, well, I don't know if it was to Sarah Gooding, or if she's just quoting it. Um, it has always been it's no. Sorry, I've been watch, watching Thrive Themes from the sidelines for a long time. Anyway, um, this is in terms of the usual questions around: Will the product change? Will there be, you know, a new staff or direction or what have you? So I think he's trying to assuage people's fears there. But certainly from the from his point of view, he hasn't been directly involved for a little while. So maybe it has grown a little bit stagnant. I, I honestly don't know anybody who's using their product, so I can't even sort of speak to what it's like. But they do do. I'll tell you. It says here an LMS course builder. Marketing focused plugins, lead generation tools, quiz tools, testimonial tools, and A/B testing tools. So there you go. Anybody yeah. else, or shall we move on? I will say that their uh, their Easy Digital Downloads product has has now finally got a lot better than it was before. Um, oh, tell me more. Go on, really. 
Yeah, it well when huh. it, when th- when three came out, it wasn't great. I mean, I think they launched it a bit too early. There's a lot of bugs in it, but because um, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting and testing and testing and testing, and um, ever since I've gone to three now, after a few generations on, definitely a better product. Um, so they've definitely put some investment into it. The reporting is working nicely. Um, you know, back end payment talking and stuff like that is, is all working smoothly. So I'm pleased to see that because it was a it was a platform I was reliant on. And I, I had the same concerns that, you know, Ben was talking about about when you you know when these plugins get bought up, is it going to carry on and, and be a good product? Um fortunately it has because really there's not many other options on easy digital downloads if you want to host your own software license. Yeah. Um, yeah they've really, really, got, I mean- really got, got the niche there. So mm. And to that point, I'd rather see a development group acquire a plugin than a hosting company, right? Yeah. Like just like I'd rather see yeah. site builders not try to create web hosting, you know, partner, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, Rocket.net has no business buying EDD, right? Like that's not our specialty. So what happens is it starts to slump. But when you have all yeah. of these super talented engineers all over the world that have touched WordPress plugins for 10, 15 years, it's just there's something to be said about that. And I know he does a really good job at getting all the, you know, every brand still runs independently, but they still have these major offsites. And, you know, I can only imagine some of the stuff that they're able to say like, oh, like, you know, we started using, you know, this functionality in PHP 8 and it 30% ball. And you just start to think about all of that tribal uh, knowledge that's spread throughout different plugins, but the same mm-hmm. core code base. I think it's yeah. just super valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter's dropped in a comment. He says, "Just wish WP Beginner." So WP Beginner is a is a blog, um, for want of a better word. Uh, it's a website uh, owned by Awesome Motive. I wish they were more transparent with their how to and best videos. Push Awesome Motive plugins. How they push Awesome Motive plugins and services. Uh, let's see how Thrive lands in their tutorials. Yeah, I mean, man alive, they have nailed SEO, haven't they, in the WordPress space? If you search for more or less anything then WP Beginner, at least in my version of Google, gets number one so many of the times. It's really mm. a, quite a remarkable job. But, yeah, I understand your concern, Peter. Okay, so there we go. Cathy, anything on that or should we move on? I think we can move on. Okay. Good luck to all of them. Yeah, 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 indeed. Right, okay, very quickly. This is cool. I really like this. I'm a big fan of Gutenberg, and Gutenberg Gutenberg 15.0 has released some really nice things. It's still in the plugin stage, so if you want to experience these, you've got to go and download the Gutenberg plugin. Uh, This is Sarah's article on WP Tavern. But as quite a few of the commercial block plugins have done, they've decided to settle, finally, on this kind of navigation where you've got three tabs at the top, one for settings, one for sort of design options, and one for the navigation menu. It's kind of interesting that navigation occupies a third of all of it, but that's kind of interesting. But I, I, I like that. I like the way that those tabbed interfaces, I mean, Cadence is right. Kathy uh, Cadence has been doing that for a long time, just split. Yeah, it up Cadence and- Block, well, Cadence Blocks 3, which is in beta right now and should be released within a week or so yep. or two. I, I can't put timetables on the dev there, no, but we're no. getting really close. Um, but yeah, we're going with the same type of layout for how all of the settings. So there's going to be like basically three tabs because otherwise you just get so much. There's so many different settings oh. that you can assign to blocks and you're just, you're paging scroll, through. Where, where was that setting? Is yeah, that yeah. a layout yeah, or yeah. is that padding? Uh, really. I don't know. Yeah. And so. it does, it does matter. But to that point, right at the bottom, buried 
in the other things that are coming is the ability to resize that sidebar. Mm, so nice. now you'll be able to give everything a bit more space. And mm -hmm. I guess most companies are going to design to fit in the standard width. But to me, that's really helpful. I use the excerpts a lot when I write blog posts. And typically, they're quite long. I don't go for the like one sentence excerpt. I go for full paragraphs. And there's a teeny little box to write them in. And it's really hard to use. So if I could widen that out, that would really mm. help me. But the other, thing to, the other things to mention, very nice. You can now copy a, blocks, a block, as you've often been able to do. But you can then go to another block and paste in the styles. That'll be a mm. real time saver. I think that's really cool. So if you've spent a lot of time finessing all of the bits and pieces in one place, you can now just manually copy, paste, copy, paste, and all of the settings for design and colors and fonts and all of that will be taken over. That's really cool. And also, although they've buried it, um, there's now a sticky option with a block and there's a little video here I won't show you we all know what it does but it sticks it to a certain part of the viewport it sticks it to its parent I think basically and uh, that's really nice a nice little feature so all in all some cool little stuff coming up mm. again anybody wanting to I know we're, I'm conscious we're fairly short of time but if anybody wants to go in there go for it I think it's you know, great to see the continued iterations and how quickly, right? I know it's uh, I know it's definitely scary for some. It's like, okay, if I adopt this now, what's going to change in a couple of weeks? But at the same time, like, you know, really powering through to get a lot of that core functionality in there that, you know, like Cadence has been doing for so long. You know, th there's certain, you know, certain things that you're know, coming from somebody who kind of, you know, joined the industry with, with our brand in 2020, you know, we had you know, competitors that had been working on their product for 10 years, eight years, five years, whatever it was. So, you know, you kind of have to go through this little catch up period, but at the same time, you're also transitioning an entire user base, um, which I know we're about to talk to with, uh, talk about with one of those interface updates you had mentioned, Nathan. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, oh, you know, Ben's, Ben's king of the segue. It's great. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I, I think there's some nice little updates there. Um, I will segue quickly if that's all right. Uh, mm. we will go to Yoast, which actually was the next thing. Yoast. Oh man alive. Yoast have been around forever. Just absolutely winning in the, in the downloads charts ever since I've been using WordPress. Anyway, they're always, pretty much number one. I, you know, there's probably a, maybe a couple of other things which to and fro and vibe, but they've been doing really, really well. But they've decided finally that they're going to reach out a new, sorry, build us all a new UI. They're on version 20. So it seems like an appropriate time to do it. It's a big milestone. And there's an article simply called Yoast SEO 20.0, a brand new settings interface. I'm not really going to do a great job of explaining it because, you know, it's a UI thing. You've got to go and look at it yourself. But you are in for a bit of a treat if you're a Yoast SEO user, both free and premium, because they've really revamped it. It's got a really nice, modern, clean feel to it. They've, they've basically rebuilt it from the ground up. This isn't a sort of like just whip out the old interface and add in a new one. They've reimagined where boatloads of the settings are going to be and it's just completely utterly different i imagine for a little while might be a little bit whoa where's that all gone but i'm sure in the end you'll be happy for it you can see some nice screenshots if you're watching this you can see the screenshots if not i'm sorry you'll have to go to the the yoast blog post but uh yeah about time i guess and the seo space there's quite a few competitors 
products of theirs now. So differentiating themselves mm. in this seems like a really nice way to to draw attention to themselves. By the way, nice little plug for them as well. Yoastcon, uh, their one-day conference in Nijmegen. It's on the 11th of May. They've got a, an option to buy some tickets there if you're really mm. into SEO and you want to attend that event. So, yeah, brand new interface. Beautifully lined up by Ben there. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's a great-looking interface as well. I yeah. like it. Yeah, um, I've, really I've not heard. I've not heard anything negative about it. And um, any any comment I've heard from people is, you know, will WordPress ever come up with some kind of style guide for anything that's in WordPress? You know, could we streamline um, plugins so they they all look the same? But uh, I, you know, I guess on the flip side, having your own UI and, and brand and, and look and feel is a nice way to go. Certainly, we do that with our plugins. So but yeah, yeah I, I, I really like what they've done here. I feel that like if you're building client websites, that that is a real concern, isn't it? Having that one nice consistent UI where everything mm. looks the same is a real win. But for mm. me, that's just doing it really sort of for myself. Often, then it's okay. I quite like looking at different UIs and yeah, yeah, the yeah. WS form ones are nice, nice case in point. But yeah, this is, this just looks really nice. Really mm. well, yeah, well done, Yoast. Good job. Great job. Yeah, Taco. I was going to say Taco. Ah, I was just about to hand it over to Taco, but he's not here. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, wishful thinking. There you go. Kathy uh, or Ben, anything on this? I think it's great. Hey. I, um, go ahead, Kathy. Yeah, I just, I, I just think um, the, the WordPress dashboard, you know, having had to clean hacked sites and then it's like, oh, WordPress 2, I haven't seen this in a long time. Like, is Depeche Mode playing in the background? Um, it's uh, it's loads of fun to see how the interface in WP Admin has come along in terms of modernizing its approach with user interface. But I think, you know, some of the plugin developers can do more to sort of nudge the entire community towards a more modern look and feel. And mm. there, there's things I think that can end up in core by what happens with things like this. So I, I give major kudos to Yoast for pushing the envelope. Yeah, it's no small task as well. If you are going to redesign, you know, if you've got millions of, well, maybe not millions, but if you've got hundreds of thousands of paying customers and certainly mm. millions of users, it's no small thing, is it? You, you're going to have to spend a long time user testing this and making sure everybody's entirely happy and then deploying a bunch of people to actually build the stuff and then create all of the marketing campaigns around it to ship it, to make sure nobody's upset by it. It's a big, big deal. So, yeah, mm. really Really well done, Ben. I, sorry, I think I, I think the only way you would really see it at scale is by converting to a theme type of system, right? And what you see now is effectively your, for lack of a better word, because I know this will go down a rabbit hole with the editor, but a classic theme, <laughs> right? That that is just you know, if you like the way WordPress has looked for years and years and years and years, here you go. But you create this theming system to where, similar to what we're seeing with 2023, 2022. 20, there's always a new front end theme, right? So in theory, you know, if the the desire to build a better interface while not, you know, changing people's lives that have been clicking in this, like, you know, me on my iPhone, like I scroll to the second page and click my Slack icon without even thinking about it because I've been doing it for years in the same exact spot. So I think yes. when you start to want to introduce some of this um forward uh you know like some some change into the things that human beings use every single day you do it in a way that's non-disruptive and unfortunately that ends up being a very difficult task when you're working with such a a seasoned piece of software but 
it also opens up a lot of opportunities. And you have to think of all the things we've learned about Gutenberg and everything on the front end of the house and that type of theming. How do we apply that to the actual WP admin to, to create that more modern of an experience, right? And, you know, I think, I think that's really the only way in my experience at scale, um, you know, like even when we've changed our dashboard, we changed it, but it was still extremely familiar. Instead of the top nav bar, it was a side nav bar, same navigation, right? A little bit of color differences, but the core guts of where things were all the same. And you just have to be very careful the, and the larger the user base, as we've all seen, the, the harder it is. So yeah, yeah I think I can see some sort of conversation around a, a theming approach for WP admin to say, we're going to preserve and do, and, and you know, actually web pros did this with cPanel and, and web host manager. They had a theme called X3 and, and even paper lantern uh, paper lantern was heavily 99.9% .9 inspired by our GoDaddy custom theme at cPanel. Um, and they had that active for like, I don't know, almost eight years, nine years. And they changed it to this new one called Jupiter and everybody's just panicking, freaking out. Now, that's just cPanel. WHM, which is like WordPress admin, hasn't changed in probably 15 years. It was the same you know, WHM theme for, for 10, 15 years. They just changed the whole thing and the whole world went nuts, right? Now, you're used <laughs> to it, but still, it's, it's, it's that shock and awe you know, thing, and, and you just really got to plan it out. But what they did yeah. do when they did that, they ripped the Band-Aid, but they built it in a theming approach to where if they do it again, like this is still going to be okay because even if we build a new, a new block or a new feature or whatever you want to call it, it's still going to be a component that's usable in this theming, you know, uh, like structure. I think we could all agree that the WP admin could probably do with a bit of a, a spice up. But we haven't heard from Matt Medeiros for a while. So Matt Medeiros, what do you uh, what do you make of the uh, you know the changes to uh, to Yoast interface? Thumbs up or thumbs down, Matt? Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> It's a, it's a thumbs we up. Should have, we should have done like a, a thumb sideways to troll. Yeah, yeah. I should have done ah, <laughs> three variations. That's Why didn't I think of that? Uh, that's brilliant. Okay, next, let's talk about pricing quickly. This this is a really interesting piece. I hope this works out for Leslie Sim. Um, she's got a fabulous product, which I use, called Newsletter Glue. And it's a plugin which essentially comes along with a, a suite of blocks, and it enables you to create uh, blog posts at the same time as creating email newsletters, which then gets fired off to your favorite server, you know, MailChimp or ActiveCampaign or whatever. And you can conditionally hide things. So I want this to go in the newsletter and not this, and this to go on the blog, but not in the newsletter, that kind of thing. But they've taken a really interesting approach. And my pricing is thankfully grandfathered, which is great. They've pretty much increased their pricing uh, quite quite significantly, I would say. I believe that the pricing point that I was on was something in the region of $100 for five sites or something like that. And they've decided that they're going to get rid of all of those kind of tiers and essentially just now have one product and one product alone. That's not true because there is actually an enterprise one, but you know that's click here to find out the cost. But they're going now from what in my case was five sites for $99 a year. Forgive me, Leslie, if I've got that pricing wrong. They've gone now for $120 uh, per month. So it's a significant increase. Now, I don't know. I mean, I can see the picture there, but um, I, I don't really know what the the main difference is. You know, are there is there an unlimited um, things amount of things that you can connect it to? For example, can, have you got an unlimited site license and so on? But I I'm really interested what you guys think about this. As an example, Mark, <coughs> it's, it just feels to me it would be a bit akin to you going from 
I don't know, $249 a year or whatever mm-hmm. your top tier is to like three grand a year or something like that. It's quite interesting. It their is. reasoning is enterprise. They've kind of yeah. figured out that their enterprise clients is where their bread and butter is. And so that works for them. I hope it works out. Yeah, Le- Leslie um, does everything I'm petrified to do. Uh, she just takes the plunge on it. And I'm, I'm you know... Um, I'm envious of the way that, that she does stuff. Uh, and she's made some other changes like this over the over the years that she's been doing stuff. Um, she, she's basically looked at her customer base, uh, looked at you know where it's most profitable, where she's probably getting the easiest customer support to deal with. Probably, you know, when you're working with those bigger companies with bigger budgets and. and uh, potentially more trained people, etc. You tend to have a, an easier customer support experience. So, um, I, I guess that's you know, there's probably several reasons behind it why she's focusing on, on that area. And I really like you know, like you Nathan, I really hope it works out for them. One of the um, things that she said in the article actually was support was one of the interesting things. So rather than getting tons of little tickets from lots yeah. of companies, there'll be a few tickets yeah. from big companies, and they can then act on them. But also, like hop on a Zoom call, you can justify the hour-long yeah. Zoom call with the client yeah. because, you know, yeah. it's 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 financially viable. Where yeah, I have really? customers that want to jump on Zoom calls with me and I'm, and I'm like, you know, I'm sorry, but for 59 yep. bucks, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm I see busy coming on shows like this. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm always talking to Nathan, so there's no... <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, there's... It, I've had, you know, people like um, Adrian from Groundhog, for example, has always said to me, put your prices up, you know. Um, but I guess I've kind of got into a situation where I'm comfortable with where I am in terms of revenue and support and everything else. It all, all seems to be balanced, and I'm worried about making yep. that jump because yep. going up is a lot easier than it is coming back down again. So if I were to say, yeah, let's do $1,200 a year, um, and then I find, oh, that's not working, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing to have to come back down again so yeah uh, that is yeah that's in fact that's almost kind of business destroying isn't it if you go up and then have to sort of go back in public and say sorry we got the pricing wrong got it wrong yeah 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 yeah. but leslie knows her audience she knows her customers so i know that she wouldn't have taken this decision lightly Mm. well she's breaking a lot of rules that i've been told of what you're supposed to do Mm. I love it because <laughs> if you're going to change your business and you're really going to scale things and you're really going to do things different, you have to take some risks. You have to kind of take that fool's journey of not really mm-hmm. knowing exactly how it's going to work out and you have to experiment and test mm-hmm. and you're never going to know unless you put it out there and run some tests and talk to as many mm-hmm. people as possible and take it, take that risk. But I, I just have to commend her on being super brave and doing that, um, you know, being a younger brand, but still, you know, she's caught some notoriety with oh, yeah. um, kind of thinking things through in public. She's, she's yeah. an incredible person. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's going to work for her. It'll be interesting to see how the iterations and sales and promos might work into things. I, I'll mm-hmm. be watching, but I think it's great. The website this piggybacks which... on, sorry, Nathan. No, no, you please. Yeah, uh, this this piggybacks on the uh, the previous change she made, which was to stop the free plugin in the directory. Um, yeah. So you know she no longer has the free version of the product. She just wanted to focus on the paid product. And I think again that decision came from you know who's my who's my real audience here? 
where, where you know, where's the uh, where's the revenue coming from? So that was another dis- decision she made. And I don't think she regrets making that decision. Yeah, she says um, she's written in the article. It allows us to simplify the entire plugin to all of our customers. No more having to scrutinize each plan to figure out which was the best for you. And then there was the support piece. We also want to be able to. We are also able to offer um, onboarding and training calls to all of our customers. That's just going to keep so many people coming back, isn't it? If you get mm. that relationship right on day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That customer support is is absolutely key. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely so key. I think what we're saying is good luck. I hope it works out. I, yeah. I love this product. It is one of my favorite plugins out there. I use it all the time. The newsletter which comes out comes directly through the newsletter glue plugin it's brilliant really like it so yeah yeah i think you know i think i think she'll do great um you know nobody you know it's on one hand on a newer product it's easier to go down than up right very good point mark but you know i think the way that she's kind of executed this just based off this conversation there was a lot of thought and process put into you know what does my average customer look like today um, you know, I, I paid for a feature uh, roadmap tool called Canny HQ, and it was like 200 bucks a month. And they said, oh, we're raising our price to 400 or you can go down to our free plan. And I'm like, you literally just sacrificed 2200 in AR. I mean, granted, they're doing great. But, you know, and I've been a huge fan of theirs on social media. I've used it at several companies. It's a great product. But the pricing it just didn't make sense to me. I'm not on their other side, but they seem to be doing good. They've stuck it there. But I guess what I'm getting at is you know, being able to understand and even, even at like rocket, you know, like we have customers that spend $30 a month. We have customers that spend $10,000 a month and upwards of that. So for us, like everybody in the world is going to tell you, they want that big customer, right? Whether or not they can get it is, is the question. So it seems like, you know, based off of everything that I'm hearing, it sounds like all the right things were done to, to take that risk. Like Kathy had mentioned to, to kind of like, you know, push it out there and see where it goes and better align your business. Because what's going to end up happening is maybe maybe the product to get the full use of it does require that onboarding. And maybe a $20 customer doesn't get that onboarding. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to get a bad review about how hard your product is to use. And maybe it's not hard. It's just different, right? So I there's have, a lot that goes into it, but it sounds like a great thing. I have pummeled well, Leslie Sim in Facebook Messenger for support. I, I, that, I think there is a chance that I am responsible for this. <laughs> It's just to charge just you fell, more. I just Nathan. fell in love with it, but there were so many little things that I wanted it to do that it didn't didn't do when it was because it was brand new, really brand new, and, and I just can but, it do that's this? Also oh, key, we'll build it. That's a that's a key part of the journey, right? Yeah. Like you were probably you probably were a big part of that reason, but in the best way ever because oh. <laughs> you got to fill in all those gaps and get market share, and then have all of those features to be able to go and onboard and and you know monetize. I was thinking more along how can we get rid of people <laughs> like Nathan from our support channels who just pester us on, you know. Uh, anyway, best of luck. I really hope it works out. And, uh, yeah, fabulous product, really fabulous product. Right, I'm going to be really quick with the next few items because we don't have a lot of time. I'm just going to say SQL like database integration is now available as a plugin for testing. I was going to get into the weeds of that, but uh, I don't think we've got time. It's been stripped out of the performance lab plugin um, because Matt Mullenweg thought it would be better to get a bunch of the features out of there into their own plugins, which at some point could become like a canonical or sort of standalone plugin, something along those lines. Uh, that's it for the WordPress. No, it isn't. That isn't it for the WordPress side of things. We've got one more, and that's Kathy's one. She wanted to mention. Oh, second mention of Groundhog. It got mentioned a minute ago, didn't it? By uh, by Mark. So, what's this? Groundhog. 
Why, why this, Kathy? What's going on? Yeah, they're doing an event on Groundhog Day. And I just have to shout them out because I think, you know, playing on the punniness of Groundhog and Groundhog Day. Yeah. I, I love that kind of clever marketing. And so they're doing like a little sort of digital summit with some speakers. Both Michelle and I are speaking. Maybe I haven't looked who else is speaking. I know Michelle and I are. Um, so we're pretty excited about it. It's it's targeting agency owners and bringing you know thoughts on how to optimize that agency experience and bring better value to customers. So I'm pretty excited. It's a free thing. It's online. And I just wanted to mention it because... It's Groundhog Day. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is nice marketing. So just a tip, it is happening on February the 2nd, so a couple of days from now, uh, 2023. It's from 9 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern Standard Time. And you can go to groundhog.io. And Groundhog, by the way, has got two Gs. Groundhog.io forward slash Groundhog, again with two Gs, hyphen day. So go and check it out. Um, right. Very quickly, just to finish us off, I want to mention some more AI stuff because <laughs> we haven't done enough of that during this episode. <laughs> the, uh, not that one. Where's it gone? Okay, this is literally terrifying. So this is a service called Flawless AI, all as one word, Flawless AI. What you do is you upload a movie, right? So in this case, there's a picture of Tom Hanks there, but I, I don't want to click play because I don't know if I'll get a takedown notice. I'm not sure what will happen. But um, what it does is you then upload the, the let's say, the French um, soundtrack and the German soundtrack, and you know where this is going. It figures out that the lips of Tom Hanks or Robert De Niro or whoever it may be obviously now no longer sync with the audio, and it only changes the mouth. So the entire scene looks exactly the same, except they basically find the mouth replace the mouth and make it so that it looks like it's speaking French. I don't know if the examples that they've got in this promo video on the website are just like the best of the best, but if this is typically what it does, it is breathtakingly good. And um, and I am now terrified because, you know, what's to stop us putting anything in the mouth of Joe Biden or anybody? Or you. And, or, well, yeah, of course, everybody's going to... That's gonna the real pick, danger. They're going to pick me. <laughs> but, you know, on the one hand, fabulous, so interesting, so cool, um, yeah. especially for those people who don't like to read subtitles, but they get, you know, there's that dissonance of looking at a film and the mouths are not doing what you're expecting them to do. But also, on, this, on the other hand, like, oh, my Lord, <laughs> who's going to use this for, for ill purposes? Yeah. So there's that. Any comments on that before we wrap it up? It's a little bit like the that NVIDIA eye-following thing. Did you see that? No. Like, <clears throat> NVIDIA, I think it was NVIDIA, have invented this technology that just when you're on a cam, your eyes are constantly looking at the camera no matter where you look. So you can be looking away, reading a script, and you know usually you'll see someone's eyes moving left and right ever so slightly. This changes your eyes and actually makes you look like you're permanently looking at the camera. It blinks, but it, it, your, your eyes are always looking in the same direction. Do you know uh, what? Somebody needs to take that to the next level and just, like, if you leave the room, you're still, <laughs> you're still there. <laughs> and you integrate that GPT so that you can, uh, you know, occasionally go, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm glad you said that. Or something. You may end up doing a show with just with three avatars one day. <laughs> <That's eh? true>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just click a button. The AI version of you comes on. And I'm just going to go and have a coffee. I'll come back in 10 and see if anything's happening. Did you, did you see that there was – this is it's completely tangential, but it's kind of similar. Somebody wrote – they did exactly that. They pre-wrote 
everything that they were going to say in a, one of the meetings that they hold with their team every week. And and he left the room and he oh. just, <laughs> and he, he just, you know, whenever, I can't remember how it all worked, but basically he got through this hour long meeting by, and he wasn't even there. <laughs> it was, just amazing and it was just all these banal comments you know the kind of things yeah i agree strongly with that and it, it so you're saying chat gpt is going to end remote working it's all done <laughs> chat GP, no i'm saying chat gtp is going to end it period <laughs> yeah uh andrew palmer's in andrew palmer of course has got birth of ai hi andrew he says did i miss talking about ai yes you did you'll have to go back and listen to it yeah uh birth this is AI good. doing some really really cool stuff yeah. Uh, yes, the, the, yes, the new yes. Uh, browser plugin that's coming out looks really cool. So, yeah. Oh, nice! I don't Check know about that, that one. Yeah. Here, uh, Max says this is good. I hate, wa- I hate watching US movies for exactly this reason. This would fix at, uh, at least the lip sync, but it remains the voiceovers. I don't- so, yeah, so th- this would be done by like French. You know, it would be French people saying the words. So it, 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 you just swap out the the audio as well. So it's it's yeah, it's as good as you think. Okay, that's it. I think that's it. I've got nothing else to say, and we've overrun by four minutes. I do apologize. Firstly, I'd like to thank each of you one at a time. This has been a really nice episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, thanks, Kathy. Thank you, Ben. And thank you, Mark, as well. I appreciate anybody who's written a comment. That's really nice of you. Uh, and thanks in particular, just right at the end there, to Rob Cairns, who's suggesting titles for this particular episode. There's a new feature on the show, right? You don't know about this. And it's called What's Above Nathan's Head? <laughs> What is above Nathan's head? Exactly. Each week it changes. What is it? What is that? And it's not that you don't go all rude on me because you the microphone. microphone, Let's try. Yeah, it is. Do you know what type of microphone is? No, it's an Ars Technica. I'll uh, I'll not bore you. Anyway, there you go. Kathy gets the prize. She gets a badge for being the what's above Nathan's head for the winner. (laughs) So two, three, nine. Silly idea, but I like them. Okay. Uh Ben, I'm sorry, it's time. You don't know about this, but it's time to be, you're going to be slightly humiliated. I'm sorry about this. We, uh, no, it doesn't raise, happen. Bring it. We have to raise our hands and we all give it a little bit of a wave. And it, Oh, look, he's straight in there. Perfect. Thank you very much indeed. We'll be back next week with a bunch of different guests talking about WordPress. Until then, have a good week. Stay safe. Thanks to the guests. Bye-bye for now. Bye.